Hi everyone, welcome to Losing It. This is our first episode of our podcast Yay. surrounding weight loss surgery and everything else that goes along with it in the basket. I am Tamika. And I am Anna. And we thought we'd start our introductory episode with a little bit of information about us and why we're doing this. Um, some of the things that we want to achieve is obviously education to people about options surrounding weight loss surgery um, and weight loss in general. Also, post-op care, some of the system issues that we've experienced and just create a real discussion surrounding the journey that is open and honest and where people can turn to for information and advice. And both of us have had really different journeys throughout this process. Um, And I think the thing that both of us came across was when we were looking for information it's just not there or or it is there and it's in a form that's really inaccessible to people who deserve it to be really clear and accessible so we're friends Um, both of us have had different surgeries but have had common experiences that I think we wanted to share yeah I think it's really interesting Um, Anna will share a little bit of obviously her story in a moment and then I will after as well but We've had vastly different experiences in terms of outcomes from these surgeries and body reactions and things like that, but have also shared so many similar experiences along the way. And the lack of, I guess, the lack of the same information and the same questions have come across. And I think that made us realise that there really must be a gap in this information out there. Uh, Yeah. And considering that this is pitched to women in particular as an industry, the fact that there's a real gap in the consumer information around it floors me and still floors me even two years into this journey. Yeah. And I've had a real realization with that lately with my plastic surgery journey that I'll share shortly. Um, But it's very much necessary to get this information out there and across. So We'll let Anna uh, introduce herself and share her part of her story and then I'll get on to my information. Awesome. So everybody, my name's Anna. I'm 42. I have had both a gastric sleeve and a gastric bypass. So I had my gastric sleeve uh, in the thick of COVID in November 2020. Uh, Yes. (laughs) This is a topic that needs to be explored in great detail, I think. Um, I then had it revised to a gastric bypass in July of 2022 Um, All up, I've lost about 75 kilos. I'm really proud of that. But some of the things I think, woohoo, some of the things I think that I'll talk about as time goes on is pride is certainly mixed with shame and guilt and fear, um, perhaps in equal quantities for people that have this experience. So um, why I went through surgery was because I tried literally everything, every other diet, um, every other way of eating. I'd starved myself. I'd eaten to excess. Um, I'd overtrained to try and train out a bad diet. Um, and I was literally at my wits end in terms of what may or may not work for me with weight loss. Um, I sourced money from my superannuation to pay for the surgery. And I was fortunate enough to link up with a good surgeon who said to me, it's very likely that you'll need a revision to a gastric bypass. And if you do need that, then I'll do it for you for the cost of the hospital excess and nothing more. Um, So people, they're out there. You just have to do your research. Um, Where I'm at now, I'm probably 15, 10 to 15 kilos away from being ready to do 
uh, skin removal surgery. I still am very much in a unproductive psychological thought process and I'll talk about that in further episodes and when I say unproductive it's not unhealthy but this is a part of my journey that I'm still working through in terms of how I feel about myself and how I feel about how I look now after my surgery Um, and I want to share I, I think I'll probably be less forthcoming than Tamika but it doesn't mean that my experiences won't come out And it doesn't mean that they're any less valid just because I choose to share less detail. And that's something that I really want to make clear is to people that are choosing to listen to us is it's okay not to scream it from the rooftops if you've had this kind of experience, but it is good um, from someone who's a bit of an introvert to link into people who know what you're talking about, even if you don't do it um, screaming it from the rooftops I guess so that's me that's where I'm at and I think it's really important to note as well that it you know you you have had a very tough journey which I'm sure you'll share with people and I think that you actually have an immense amount to offer people because while whilst I will be probably more forthcoming because I'm an open book and I just overshare probably far too much about my life but I don't, I have, I have knowledge that can help people, but I don't necessarily have an experience that will follow everyone's. And my experience is a little bit, you know, more simpler and that doesn't necessarily help people. So I think there is true value in sharing struggle. Amen. Yeah. I will get on with my introductions. I am, my name is Tamika, obviously. I'm 32 years old. I... We'll share more numbers with you guys. For me, I don't mind sharing the numbers and I feel like it gives people a little bit of perspective because I was a very high start weight. I will say first up that I am six foot two or 183 centimetres tall. So I'm very, very tall, which, you know, it's got its, it's, got its bonuses and <laughs> it's got its downfalls. Um, so my start weight... Pre-op was 202 kilos, which is over 400 pounds for anyone listening that uses those measurements. Um, my current weight is 131.9. Woohoo! Woohoo! I could, I could round it up to 132, but I'm not about Who's to do that. Who's going to do that? Yeah, I know. I'm not about to do that. No, 131, my, my guys. So I'm really, really happy. I'm at 70 kilos loss at about eight months post-op. Um, my goal weight is uh, up in the air at the moment, I guess you could say. I will say I initially had a probably unrealistic goal weight of 80 kilos, but I was swiftly and promptly reminded by my surgeon that I am very tall and I also carry a lot of excess skin due to being over 400 pounds or 200 kilos when I started. Lovely reminder. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I need to be a little bit more realistic. So my aim for this year is to go from 131 to under 100 kilos to get um, my skin removal surgery. And ladies and gentlemen, this chick will do it. I have no doubt. I hope so, but I do feel this like... I, I got to admit, I do feel the stall is coming. I feel like that 100 to 120 is going to, you know, it's got to come sometime, right? We're, we're waiting for it. It will. We're, we're, it will. we're waiting for it. But um, the reasons for my surgery, I was very much 
like Anna, I would say that I probably was not as committed in my (laughs) attempts to lose weight. They were far less healthy. It was more of a starvation binge cycle. Um, But I had been told for so many years by so many medical professionals that because of my eating disorders and struggles surrounding food, that this surgery wouldn't work for me. And I put it off for so many years because of that. How many years did you put it off for? Over 10. Wow. Yeah, over 10. If I had stepped in earlier, I don't even think my skin wouldn't be half as bad. Yeah, right. I might be able to get it. I might have been able to get away with it. Um, Yesterday I did a side-by-side photo. Hopefully Anna and I will one day start an Instagram to go with this and I can share those with you guys. I do have a Facebook called Team Kale that anyone is welcome to check out. I've shared my entire journey there, um, including before and after photos and things like that. But I shared a photo yesterday of me versus my 17-year-old self and I'm officially basically back to the same size I was when I was 17. And I think to myself, good golly, what my life would have been like (laughs) had I stepped in then. And Um, we should say as well, guys, that Team Kale is incredibly inclusive. Everyone will be accepted. It is body positive. It is inclusive. And crap of any kind will not be tolerated. So please, please do not avoid joining just because you're self-conscious. We are welcoming. We are inclusive. And we are genuine about that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so important. And I was similar to Anna in the way that I got private health insurance for 12 months. And then I took withdrew money from my super to pay for my surgery gap. I, in a similar way, was advised that down the line, I might need a bypass um, just because of the sheer volume of weight that I did need to lose. But my surgeon was confident because of my age to go the sleeve first and then see how we went from there. Um, I have struggled with eating disorders and self-harm throughout my life. Um, My weight gain timeline I actually worked out the other day and was quite amazed. So I'll share with you guys. I left high school at around 117 kilos, I believe. I got married very young at 18 and gained about 20 kilos for love, as you do. I then went through some very severe mental health issues that resulted in me needing to trial a lot of different medications. One of them being the creme de la creme of weight gain medication, I would call it Seroquel. Oh Um, yes. Yep. Been there. Yeah. A lot of you guys might have some experiences with that. I gained about 30 kilos in three months. Love it. Um, And then I went through a divorce and COVID and that sealed that final 20 that kind of soared me over the 200 and it happened before my eyes and I had, I, before the operation, I couldn't walk to the end of my street. I think I was less than three months post-op when Anna and I did the 9K lifeline, was it Walk for Suicide Prevention? We did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We so did that. Um, I found a challenge online for Lifeline, um, raising awareness of, of people who have contemplated suicide, I guess, and... Uh, we did nine Ks each on a treadmill and we smashed it. We was, I was so proud. We and smashed it. In August of this year, 2023, I am doing the Adelaide Half Marathon. <gasps> oh, my God. So I'm so excited. I'm honestly tempted to do the full marathon. <gasps> Are you crazy? <laughs> Holy crap. But we'll see. We'll see, people. 
I'm, I'm going to loosen it t-shirt yes. and like do it for the podcast. So we'll see. Oh yeah. Shout out to Dave for designing our logo yes. as well. Yes. Big thank you to Dave. <laughs> Great. Um, and where I'm at now is obviously I am looking to seek plastics. I'll be hundred percent open and honest about what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. I am seeking a fleur de lis or FDL abdominal plasty, a mons lift potentially. Um, I have heard that the FDL offers a little bit of all round lifting and tightening. So sometimes you don't have to, which would be fantastic, but <laughs> got to do what you got to do. A general lift and suck. <laughs> yeah. If someone can put me through the human equivalent of a clothes dryer, hey. that would be fantastic. Can someone invent that, please? <laughs> I, it would make my life a lot easier too. And then I also will be doing my arms. But at the moment, my breasts, back and thighs, I want to leave. I'm not interested in sort of doing doing those things. And, of course, it's a huge financial investment. I've come across information in the past couple of days about regulations in Australia regarding surgeons and who can offer these surgeries that I am astounded and perplexed by. I thought we would have far, far stricter rules and laws and regulations here in Australia, but we really don't. So I encourage you to do your research and we will be having an mm. episode on that entirely. Uh, so, guys, endless quest is probably what I'll say at this point. Once you've had the surgery, learning and information seeking and experiences, don't stop. Exactly. Um, just because you've had a bit of your stomach cut out or manipulated in some way, this is a lifelong learning experience. Um, and you, if you are at the beginning of possibly contemplating this surgery, please do not underestimate the effect that that will have on you. Yeah, it can, it's absolutely something that I think a lot of people, there's just not the information out there. Absolutely. It's a lot of stuff that we're digging for and finding out. And, yeah. You know, a lot of it's coming across through on Facebook. You rely on, there are some really great groups on Facebook, larger ones that have been established for many years in the weight loss sector for bypass and sleeve patients to get together and share experiences and stuff. But I find it can be a very double-edged sword too because some of those groups can be harmful Absolutely. and hurtful, I think. Um, you know, I often see people post when they have a treat and then everyone wants to say, oh, well, why would you eat that? And it's like, oh, God, one hash brown didn't get us here and one hash brown sure. won't get us back. <laughs> I, I think the my favourite part of those groups is the judgment on people's lunchboxes when they post as well. Like women, women who are... <laughs> absolutely investing in themselves, prioritising their health, sometimes post up pictures of their lunchboxes that they make and super proud of them. Some of the bitches that come <laughs> in behind those comments, I swear mm. to God, yeah, no. Yeah, so it can, I feel like it can be great, but it can definitely obviously be that toxic environment as well because my, uh, I guess, philosophy is I just try to be better than who I was before weight loss surgery. I still eat the things that I ate prior to weight loss surgery, just in far smaller quantities and far, far, far less often. But I don't think it's a realistic uh, expectation on people like us who struggle immensely with weight because, I mean, let's face it, anyone who is looking at life-changing surgery to get control of their issues with food 
clearly struggles with that and I think that needs to be recognised and validated mm. because food addiction, I feel, is so, so, so very real. Preach. And just not really acknowledged or spoken about. And I think as well with food addiction, it's it's not covered a lot in the media because it's not sexy. Like it's not mm-hmm. – we're not talking about an addiction to porn which people go, oh, that's really bad and scary. We're talking Ooh, about <laughs> we're talking about an addiction to food. Food is everywhere. Food you need to live. Food you cannot avoid. But this is something that so many people struggle with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the coverage around it and the research into it, at least from the research that I've done, mm-hmm. is really limited. Um, and I really think that for this industry and it is an industry to be more accessible to more people that research needs to be around to back it up because people come to this surgery because they are addicted to food i was i think I was. you were yeah 100 yeah. and i never i said to a friend of mine who recently got a bypass about two weeks ago and is in the recovery phase um and they are sort of struggling with what their life will look like now with food and stuff like that and I had a moment where the other day, like, it will happen where I forget to eat. Yeah. And that is astounding yeah, to me. Totally. I, I tell everyone in my that I come across that I either had food in my hand, on my mind, or in my mouth. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. If I wasn't eating at the time, I was thinking about what my next meal was gonna be. Yep. And I never saw it different. And the and the point at which I knew that food addiction was valid and true was when I was at a point with almost every meal where I was basically envisioning my parents having to bury me because of my weight, but wow. I still couldn't stop. Yep. And that's how you know. Like how and yep. and that's felt like that's someone struggling. That's someone who clearly uses food not for survival, but for a myriad of other things. Oh, look I completely understand that and those feelings and mine was emotional. Insert emotion here. (laughs) I ate. Like feeling happy, get a treat. Feeling sad, eat something nice. It'll make you feel better. Feeling bored, eat. I am the chronic open the fridge, look in it, shut it, go back to it (laughs) 10 minutes later and open it again, expecting the contents to be completely different. Yeah. But the, the neural pathway between food and my emotions is stronger than fucking steel. I swear. Yeah, it's unpenetrable. Like, I just was astounded at the control that food had on my life, and the fact that it was seen as almost nothing. Or I feel like there is a very uh, strict connotation to what an eating disorder looks like. Mm-hmm. God, that's a whole episode in itself. Yeah, you know, it's like well. <laughs> will say you're overweight so therefore you can't have problems with eating disorders and it's like oh shit yeah it's really really not true guys both of us have had eating disorders both of us have been through therapy for eating disorders um myself both pre and post weight loss surgery so that is a reality yeah and realistically i'm probably gonna have to go see someone post weight loss surgery about it to work out my brain and my patterns surrounding it and things like that so I find that interesting that it's so, so common across so many patients. But 
We've got some really exciting plans and coming up for future episodes and information to share. So we're going to do some episodes on things we wish we knew, um, the hospital and super withdrawal mm-hmm. process and the way tax works surrounding that because the government will come for your money. Yes. They come. They came for ours. Um, post-op nutrition, uh, the emotional fallout and mental health post-op, which I think is a huge one. Absolutely. Um, that, and I think it's going to be so uh, amazing for us to share because our experiences are so different post-op. Absolutely, yeah. And I feel like it really is that range of, we are the two things that happen either, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to share that with people because Me too. Yeah. I think it goes both ways. Um, different weight loss surgeries available. We want to share with you. So obviously Anna's got a really awesome experience having gone from a, a sleeve to a bypass and mm-hmm. I have a sleeve. Um, but there are some other surgeries available and we obviously haven't had those, yep. but we can just share some general information with you guys and let you know what's out there and, yeah. You also know that there's um, some medications and Non-surgical things. options. Yeah, yeah non-surgical absolutely. options and things like that. So we'll share what we know and our experiences and sort of where we've been with those in the past and hopefully that'll give you guys some information as well. Um, we wanted to chat about eating disorders and addiction transfer, mm-hmm. which is a huge one. So a lot of people obviously who find themselves addicted to food and not able to in ingest in such quantities after will then transfer that somewhere else and it is a myriad of elsewhere for my, for me personally it was cigarettes ah you see this is going to sound weird everybody but mine was claw machines skill testers oh really yeah yeah i went through a probably straight after my sleeve a complete obsession phase with winning as much as I could from claw machines. Yeah. Cause I was, I was a smoker pre-surgery yeah. on and off. I have a terrible relationship with cigarettes. I have mental health issues, ADHD. It's my thing. Um, I started very late in life at 27, apparently old enough to know better, but stupid young enough and stupid enough to do it still. <laughs> um, so picked that up as a habit and I had to quit for surgery um, obviously they like your surgeons do not want you smoking. So I quit six weeks before surgery. And I remember when that, the, the day my incisions all healed up all nicely and I was feeling fab off. I walk off. I walked to the petrol station. <laughs> so, I mean, look, that's just the honest truth of it all. And I've battled it off, off and on since. And it's just one of those things that we're going to be honest about. Absolutely. Um, contraception is another Oh, here's a box for everyone. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Contraception is going to be a fun topic. Um, basically the gist of it is apparently weight loss surgery can make you super fertile. (laughs) So (laughs) fabulous for us of those not seeking bundles of joy like myself. And me too. Yeah. It's, um, an interesting ride. So we'll chat about contraception and some things that we've looked at and are doing and things like that. Um, and also just some fun episodes about like how to shop and where are some cool clothes that you can buy that are affordable and cheap for like while you're transitioning through sizes. Mm. Cause I know for me personally, I'm about to hit up the op shops today after we record this episode Mm -hmm. because I am completely out of clothes. I have, 
drained my wardrobe until it's down to two dresses and and this is another thing everyone be prepared if someone says what size are you now to not know the answer yeah (laughs) i was a 28 plus before surgery i've lost 70 kilos and i can get into size 18s but the dress i am currently wearing recording this podcast in is a size 24 (laughs) yeah and i i am an probably an 18 to 20 sometimes a 22 and the pants I am wearing are a size 26. So it's, it is a world of mind fuckery that yeah. you have to navigate through as you go down the sizes. Yeah. And of course, you know, at the end of the day, we do these surgeries to achieve these goals, to get to these weights and it messes with your brain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, standardized sizing could do us all a huge amount of favors. Mm, did you like my little Oprah? Mm-hmm. Then yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like at the moment it's you know how you get a car. It's like you get a sleeve. You get a sleeve. <laughs> Stay committed, and you can have this journey too. Yeah. <laughs> so at the moment, we just want to let you know to follow us on like our socials on Team Kale. Join the group. Say hello. Check out all the past posts and things like that. We'll get on to setting up maybe an Instagram or a TikTok where we can share some information with you guys and share that on the next episode. Yep. Because I think it would be cool for you to see our faces, see our before and afters, all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. But we really hope you enjoyed our first episode. We're super excited to upload. I know I am anyway. Me too. I'm speaking on your behalf Me too. Oh, that's a safe bet, mate. We're we're here. I'm super, super excited. So we're going to aim to get some more out very shortly. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Stick with us. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.